backs it out. 14 to shoot. 26 seconds to play. Nets are down by one. Irving, step back three. Oh! Kyrie Irving buries it for the lead. And that's Kyrie's spot. It's that time once again. It's time to talk hoops with Logan the Duke on Logan in the Low Post podcast. Kyrie Irving is back, and that means the NBA is also back. First couple of games of the season are in the books. Kyrie Irving looks special, looks terrific. It's good to see him in those Brooklyn Nets colors. A big thank you to Ian Eagle and the Yes Network for those calls. Kyrie, 50 points in his debut as a Brooklyn Net. This is episode 5 of Logan in the Low Post. I'm in the studio by myself. No guests on today's podcast. And, you know, I was looking into how am I going to make this work? You know, no guests. It's kind of tough to keep everyone intrigued, especially when you don't have other opinions. But I think it's a good chance for me to get out my NBA thoughts and how we are looking for this season. But I was looking into, you know, what, what's a fun thing to do? And I was looking at Colin Coward, and I liked the thing he did a couple of seasons ago with the NBA. He took all 30 teams, and he came up with a three-word phrase to describe not only that week for them, but their NBA season. So I took all 30 teams, came up with three word phrases, and we're going to jump right into it. We'll start with the Utah Jazz. Conley is key. Conley, 10 points and five assists in his first three games played in Utah, shooting an abysmal 23.7% from the field. He was one of 16 in his debut, three of 11 in game two at Los Angeles against the Lakers, and he put together a five of 11 performance for Sacramento and at a plus-minus of 32. Mike Conley is a big key for the Utah Jazz. This team goes as far as Conley does. They brought him in to bolster their offense, provide another playmaker. We know he can help them on the defensive side of the ball. But if Conley can become more consistent and be a good running mate for Donovan Mitchell, this Jazz team certainly has some high aspirations. The Cleveland Cavaliers, I got two phrases. Braun back yet and free Kevin Love. Stats speak for themselves. They are coming off a win against Indiana in their home opener, but I think you're going to see a few of those fluky wins throughout the season. Scored 85 points in Orlando, and then, as I mentioned, one against Indiana, scoring 110. But even if this team is average, even if they're average, say they win 30 games, okay? Say they somehow pull out 30 games. Love should go. Kevin Love just doesn't fit the way this team is going. They run their offense through Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. You saw in Indiana, they decided to go with Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. Those two combined for, you know, 46 points and, of course, double-digit rebounds. But I think their offense needs to run through Sexton and Garland. And Kevin Love, why stay in a situation where you're not going to win? I know he loves Cleveland. I know Cleveland loves him. I know he he doesn't want to go anywhere. But if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers organization, you got to realize that This guy's just rotting here. His talents can be used elsewhere. He can go win a championship with the ball club somewhere. And I say Braun back yet because, yes, they defeated Indiana, but let's be real. It's not going to be a pretty couple of seasons in Cleveland. The Chicago Bulls. The Baby Bulls. Laurie Markkinen, Kobe White, and Wendell Carter Jr. You know, I originally put Zach Levine in this category, but I talked with my friend Tyler, and he mentioned, you know, you can't really call Levine a baby anymore. And he's right. He's starting to become a veteran now in the NBA. But let's, let's take those four players, Levine, Markkinen, Kobe White, and Wendell Carter Jr. They've had some eye-popping performances this season, have also struck, struggled. That is expected. 
you expect to not have a consistent output from a young team. You expect that from your stars. You expect that from the LeBrons of this world, the Kevin Durants of this world, the Steph Currys of this world. You don't expect consistent outputs every single night from a young team. But let's look at those performances. Zach Levine, 37 point, 6 rebound and 4 assists outing and a win over Memphis. Laurie Markkinen, 35 points and 17 rebounds on opening night in Charlotte. And then he only scored 18 in the next two games. That goes back to my point. But what I was saying, it's expected to see some struggles. Kobe White, 25 points on 10 of 16 at Memphis. And Wendell Carter Jr. nearly averaging a double-double, 10 points and 9 boards and a block for his season average. Those four guys are going to be the future of this Bulls franchise. And I don't know what lengths or how far they get the Chicago franchise to in the next couple of seasons, but they're at least fun to watch. They're entertaining. They're going to fill some seats in the United Center. And, you know, maybe they turn some heads in a couple of seasons and really surprise some people. The Atlanta Hawks, young and exciting. Trey Young, that is, through two games, 38.5 points a ball game. Guy's got seven rebounds. Trey Young is averaging seven rebounds, smallest guy in the court, seven rebounds. Nine assists on 58% from the floor and 55% from deep. They've had a good outing from Jabari Parker off the bench. We like John Collins. We think that's going to be a fantastic duo, he and Trey Young. And Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter on the wings. I mean, they have so many guys who are so young, but all can play the game of basketball and all can develop. Cam Reddish, many believe, could develop to be some guy like Paul George in the future. DeAndre Hunter already has an NBA body, defends like an NBA player. His offensive game is coming around. He can spot up and shoot. But Trey Young is phenomenal. 38.5 games. Yes, small sample size, as all these teams are going to have. But that's impressive to see from the runner-up last year in the Rookie of the Year voting. So the Atlanta Hawks, young and exciting. Warriors, where's the depth? Golden State's in trouble. I originally said this team could win 50 ball games. I don't see how that's possible. They gave up 261 points. 261 points in two days. Their bench includes Jordan Poole. He's a rookie. Alec Burks, who can score a little bit. Amari Spellman, a second-year man. Marquise Chris, who has given himself a nice opportunity now, has really played well for them, especially in the preseason, showing that he can be a part of this rotation. And Willie Cauley-Stein, who I haven't really seen this season. But it's Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, and who else? Yes, Draymond Green, a phenomenal defender. If not the second-best facilitator on this team but I just cannot see how they're going to generate their offense. Steph and D'Lo, they can combine for 70 points and still lose. They just don't have much outside of those two guys. This is a Warriors franchise who the phrase, the mantra has been strength in numbers. Look at the last couple of NBA playoff runs from them. You see all those gold shirts in the crowd. They all said strength in numbers across their chest, and they did. Off their bench, used to have Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala. Now you got Jordan Poole and Marquise Chris. That's a significant drop-off for this team. A team that already is down Clay Thompson, already lost Kevin Durant, already lost Jordan Bell, Quinn Cook, Sean Livingston to retirement, Andre Godal in a trade. They're going to need some more help in Golden State. Mavericks, the European connection. 
Luca, no sophomore slump to start. 34 points and 9 assists in the season opener and a triple-double performance, 25-10-10 on efficient shooting his last ball game. Porzingis, 23.5 points and 4 boards to the first two games. They're 2-0. This team is deeper than a lot of people may think. Guys like Seth Curry, guys like Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, DeLon Wright, Boban, Kleba, and plenty more. But it, it absolutely extends and starts from Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. If these guys can be good every night, they got a chance in any ballgame. I will say four rebounds for a seven-footer in Kristaps Porzingis is a little concerning. He's never been a great rebounder for his career, but I think they could certainly use his help on the boards. But Luka Doncic, ESPN said he could lead this Mavericks team to the playoffs, an eighth seed. And I originally said the Dallas Mavericks win 40 games. I'm still going to stick by that, 40 and 42. It's still really early in the season. But Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, that could really be a great connection and a great duo for years to come out in Dallas. The Detroit Pistons, please stay healthy. Blake missing the first five or six games. Rose has been a great story again. Back-to-back 30-point performances, averaging 25 points and five assists on the season. But those two guys are some of the greatest talents this NBA has seen, but we haven't seen. They've been injured. The last couple of years, Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose, especially Derrick Rose, we haven't got to see on the court very much. Blake's athleticism has diminished a ton. He's forced to shoot a lot of outside shots now. Derrick Rose is looking more explosive every year. He was obviously a great story last year with Minnesota off their bench. But in their absences, Drummond has been stepping up a little bit. Andre had 32 points and 23 rebounds on opening night. Pure double-double guy. Luke Kennard is attempting to take that next step, and the Pistons are absolutely going to need him to do that. And maybe if it's not him, they need somebody, whether it's via trade, signing, or some guy just stepping up. When you have guys like Blake and Rose who are injury-prone, you're going to need another scorer or two to step up. Los Angeles Clippers, the big brother. How many years have the Clippers been known as the younger brother to the Lakers? And I'm not counting the seasons where the Lakers were awful in Kobe's late years and beyond, and the Clippers were known as Lob City. I'm talking about when these two teams are considered elite in the Western Conference, elite to potentially win the whole thing. It's always been Lakers, then Clippers. I think the Clippers look fantastic this year. Reggie Miller said, where's the weakness on this team? Yeah, they just lost to Phoenix. And go ahead and blame it on Paul George not being healthy now. But there really isn't many weaknesses with this team. Clippers are phenomenal. The big brother. Sixers, test the process. You put your fan base through some horrible years. Horrible years. Where your best player was Jeremy Grant and his Robin was Jakar Sampson. The Sixers were bad. They were really bad. And he came out with this rallying cry, trust the process. Well, it's time to test to see if that process was worth it. You don't bring in a guy like Al Horford if you don't have championship aspirations. You don't make the moves to get Josh Richardson and sure up your bench if you're not going to go for it all this year. And I think they will. It's time to test that process. Rockets, we're going streaking. Russ and Harden are streaky. Very streaky. From game to game, from shot to shot, these two guys can be streaky, and I expect that 
to kind of be a theme for the whole team. They might win eight games in a row, followed by a four-game losing streak. Or they might win 15 games in a row, followed by a nine-game losing streak. I just feel the Rockets are going to struggle at points throughout the season, and that is why they won't reach that win total that a lot of people think they're going to do, you know, mid-50s, maybe even early-60s. I can't see that because this team is just very, very streaky. We saw it against the Bucks. Their first game of the season, they led by 16 in the second half. Ended up losing. I believe they went down by double digits at one point. Now, Milwaukee's a great team, but the Rockets went cold. Russ and Harden could not make shots down the stretch, and that's going to be a question. They got to end their season on a good streak, and when they get to the playoffs, they got to go on a fantastic streak because it only takes four losses to get out when you're in the NBA playoffs. Four losses for your whole season to end, and I think this is a Rockets team that could lose four games in a row pretty regularly this season. My number 11 team, the Pelicans, Zion freaking Williamson. This season's success and the organization's financial success rides on Zion. He averaged 23-9 and in the preseason, got injured. He'll miss the first month or so of the season. But he's the one that puts wins on their board and butts in seats and jerseys on the back of the fans, Zion Williamson. Lakers, tune in, fans. This will be a fun team. Braun and AD look comfortable together and have players that complement the duo well, like a 3-and-D player in Danny Green. He scored 28 points on opening night against the Clippers. 28. A gritty defender in Avery Bradley. A big name who can rebound and block shots in Dwight Howard. A crafty passer in Rondo. And just the overall storylines to follow when it comes to LeBron. When you follow LeBron James throughout a season, no matter where he goes, his team is always in the papers. They're always the headlines. The Cavaliers... No one's heard anything about them since he left and when he left the first time. Miami Heat, same way. They've been sort of irrelevant. When LeBron goes somewhere, the media follows. I expect everyone to tune in to Lakers this year. They're going to be a fun team to watch and certainly are going to have some storylines to follow. The San Antonio Spurs, silent but deadly. This has been San Antonio since the days of Duncan. No media attention yet have made the playoffs every year since 1998. That's 22 seasons extending past the 82-game regular season. That is fantastic. You want to talk about a model of consistency and doing it without any need to be liked or to be in the papers or to be in the videos or to be advertised at all. San Antonio doesn't care. Obviously, Greg Povich doesn't care. They just want to win ball games. And when you have DeRozan, Aldridge, and DeJounte Murray... And a team of veterans, some good young talent as well mixed in. You're going to have a pretty good team that can make the playoffs yet again. The Kings on the fringe. So close, yet so far away kind of season I think is to be expected for Sacramento. Marvin Bagley got hurt. He's out four to six weeks. That hurts a ton. You cannot afford injuries when you're already on the brink. Kings are going to be exciting. They're going to be fast-paced. They're going to be fun to watch. They're not making the playoffs. The Milwaukee Bucks. Batman needs Robin. Is Middleton the best Robin you can offer to Giannis? Antetokounmpo is averaging 29 points, 15 rebounds, and 10 assists. There is no way that is sustainable. Maybe in the regular season, sure. But when the games matter in May and June, who are you going to rely on when Giannis happens to shoot 10 for 25? 
Who are you going to rely on when Giannis can't hit an outside J? Is Chris Middleton the guy? He was an MVP. I'm sorry, he wasn't an MVP. He was an all-star last year. He deserved it. But he disappeared in the playoffs a little bit. I think at times in the clutch, he can kind of falter a little bit. I think they need a better Robin to Giannis's Batman. The New York Knicks, terrible yet watchable. They have some names like R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle who can put up some numbers, but will win 25 to 30 games max. The fans want to follow R.J.'s career. They want to see how he does in his rookie year. Was he worth that number three pick? That's always something to follow. And R.J. Barrett being a fun talent that he is, everyone's followed him since his days in high school. They certainly are going to be fun to watch in that regard. Julius Randle may not have the flashiest game, but he puts up big numbers. He's got an overall big name. Was terrific last year with the Pelicans. So I think they're going to be watchable. I don't think they're going to win many games, though. The Denver Nuggets run it back. Brought back virtually the same team that locked up the second seed in the Western Conference last season. But they have a healthy Michael Porter Jr. Jeremy Grant was a nice addition. And Jokic is having an MVP season, 22-14-7. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Nuggets run it back. Hornets won't be 2012. That isn't something to be excited about, by the way, Charlotte. Charlotte was 7-59 in a lockout-shortened season back in 2012. Their leading scorer was Gerald Henderson. He led the team in scoring with 15.1 points per game. Gerald Henderson. P.J. Washington was fun to watch in his debut. I think Terry Rozier should have a pretty good season, especially being the guy now. But Charlotte, I mean, that's going to be a bad team. They won't be as bad as 2012, but they're not going to be good. The Washington Wizards, look away now. They've had a dysfunctional front office for a while now. When Beal is struggling, this team stands absolutely no chance, especially when you're down wall already. When Thomas Bryant is considered the second best player on your team, yeah, look away. This is not going to be a pretty sight in Washington. Miami Heat, who's getting traded? Pat Riley has been known to shake up his roster. Jimmy needs a number two. Lots of solid role players on this team. And somebody needs to step up. And if they're not going to step up, they're going to step aside. Riley will ship them out. He'll try to make this Heat team a competitor in the Eastern Conference. Toronto Raptors, we the champs. You certainly are. You're the 2018-2019 champs. And if I'm a Toronto fan, that was a season to remember. I continue to eat that up. You don't worry about what happens this season. You'll probably win 45 to 50 games. Pascal Siakam is showing that he was worthy of that lucrative contract that you gave him. 29 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 assists to start a season. But you have to just enjoy the little things. Me speaking as a Cavalier fan, I know my team is terrible. I know they're going to struggle for a couple of years. But I look up 2016 championship videos nearly every other day, you know? You eat up that. You enjoy it. You put Toronto on the map, the country of Canada. You were the champs in 2018-2019, and now you should have a pretty fun season to still look forward to. The Phoenix Suns, another forgettable season. I am saying this fresh off an upset victory that they had uh, last night against the Los Angeles Clippers. But Devin Booker, we have yet to see if he can really truly lead a winning team. DeAndre Ayton is now likely suspended 25 games for some drug abuse. I just cannot see how Phoenix is going to win 30 games this season. They've been so bad for so many years. I mean, they haven't been good since the Steve Nash days. They had one season, one season 
where they went 48-34 and when they had Eric Bledsoe, Isaiah Thomas, and Goran Dragic. Three point guards. And then immediately were irrelevant the next season. I feel bad for those Phoenix fans, man. The Suns were so good in the 2000s overall. Early 2010s. But yeah, it's going to be another tough season out in Phoenix. Boston Celtics, who's your five? How many times last year did we see a different starting lineup for Boston? I have to look up that number. I really do. Because they started with Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford opening night. Gordon Hayward goes down. That complicates things. Of course it does. They bring in Marcus Smart to start at shooting guard. They put Tatum at the three. They leave Brown at the four. And they bring in Horford. I'm sorry, that's two years ago I'm talking about. Last season, though, they have a fully healthy team. And they had three guys who all play small forward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward, playing the shooting guard, small forward, and power forward. You have to have an established small forward, and the other guy goes to the bench. Last season, we saw Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown eventually come off the bench. I don't like the idea of starting Marcus Smart. I think he's good for the bench, especially because he can lead that second unit with Kemba Walker when he goes out. So you need to establish your starting five before you can do anything else. Personally, I'm going Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, somebody, and Ennis Cantor. I think you bring Jalen Brown off the bench, and if he earns his way into the starting lineup, he earns his way into the starting lineup. Grizzlies, fun days ahead. It's not going to be a good season, Memphis. It isn't. You're not going to win many games. But John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., that's going to be a fun, explosive, high-flying young duo for years to come. Number 25, the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie is home. Kyrie Irving is a tremendous talent. We saw it in Cleveland. We saw it in flashes in Boston. This man scored 50 points in his debut as a Brooklyn Net. He's home. He's comfortable. I'm sure he's showing the young guys, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, some of the veterans, as I mentioned there. Probably showing them all the good restaurants in Brooklyn. Probably showing them the places he went to as a kid as he grew up. The fans embraced him. They love him. He had a game winner to beat the Knicks in his last game from that right wing, as you listened to at the beginning of this podcast. But Kyrie is terrific, and when he's comfortable, he is that much better. Nets should win about 45 games this year, hopefully, if all things go according to plan, and Kyrie Irving has the dominant season that I'm expecting. Oklahoma City Thunder, draft picks galore. 15 first-round picks through 2026, thanks to the trades they made this offseason. I actually saw a funny jersey and a picture on Twitter yesterday, and somebody had a custom Thunder jersey, right? And they had the number 15 on the nameplate. It said draft picks. And I guess that's what OKC fans are looking forward to right now. They have Chris Paul. They have Danilo Gallinari. They have Steven Adams. They beat the Warriors by 28 today. (laughs) But yeah, it's going to be about the the future for the Thunder. 15 first-round picks. And Sam Presti, we know what he can do with a first-round pick, even late in a first round. He can certainly pull out some magic. So we'll see what the Thunder have in store for years to come. Trailblazers, what about us? This team made the Western Conference Finals last year. They have one of the best duos in CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. They have Yusuf Nurkic will come back soon enough. They have Hassan Whiteside down low. They have a couple of good wings in Kent Bazemore and Rodney Hood. I mean, they got some good talent on this Trailblazers team, but no one's talking about them. Because Western Conference got a lot better. There's brand new duos. So sometimes those duos that we saw for years in McCollum and Lillard sometimes get pushed back to the side. People kind of forget about them. But maybe Portland should use that as some motivation and uh, prove a lot of people wrong this season. 
Timberwolves, I have more three letters. It's still three words, though. K-A-T, Cat, Carl, Anthony, Towns. That guy's been terrific. I mean, he got 37 points in very minimal time recently. This team isn't going to be very good. Andrew Wiggins, his new haircut, <laughs> if that's newsworthy. And he looked good in his first game, scoring-wise, as he always does. He's always been just a one-dimensional player, and that's a scorer. But it comes down to Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know how many wins this team really wins. They started out good. They're starting out solid. And Cat has been terrific. But I saw this one tweet. It said, is Carl Anthony Towns the MVP of the season? And I'm sorry, I just don't think you can be considered for MVP unless your team finishes at least, at least top five in your conference. And Minnesota won't do that. Indiana Pacers, come back, Oladipo. And when I say that, I mean come back healthy. This Pacers team has unbelievable potential, but only if Oladipo is back soon and he's back to himself. In his absence, Malcolm Brogdon, the newcomer, 26 points and 11 assists through his first two games, but Indiana's 0-2 with losses to Detroit and Cleveland. So they're going to need Oladipo to really sure up that team and to give them that leader, that scorer, that defender, that everything that Oladipo brings. They're going to need it, and they're going to need it bad. My 30th team, my final team, the Magic, well, need some magic. Surprised a lot of people last season, and I feel they're going to need that similar luck to have a similar season. I'm really happy for Markel Fultz scoring double digits in back-to-back games. That's a little bit of magic there. I mean, a lot of people thought that guy's career was toast. People were giving up on his jump shot. We're giving up on him overall. Markel Fultz has really turned some heads over there in Orlando. But Aaron Gordon has been struggling. Vucevic, is he still an all-star this year? Your starting point guard is still DJ Augustine, and Terrence Ross is your scorer in the backcourt. Orlando's going to need a little bit of magic to make the playoffs. That's all 30 teams. It was a fun first week of basketball. Kemba Walker had a, uh, let's say, less than great debut for Boston. Shot just 3 of 14. Mike Conley, 1 of 16. But you look at Kyrie Irving, 50 points. LeBron James, 32 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. In their most recent game against the Jazz, Kawhi Leonard looks unstoppable. A couple of 30-point performances. Giannis Antetokounmpo, that guy's tearing it up in Luka Doncic. Sure looks like he's the future of the NBA. That's going to do it for Episode 5 of Logan the Low Post, the shortest podcast of this season. Hopefully we'll bring some guests in next week. But until then, please stick and stay with all the NBA action. I'll be right here to recap it. All the dunks and drama right here for Episode 6 of Logan the Low Post.